For many investors, their expected return is more than just maxing the bottom line. They also want their money to produce a positive social impact. Joining us on the podcast is Ron Homer, head of Access Capital Strategies at RBC Global Asset Management and a longtime practitioner of impact investing. He'll talk about what impact investing is and why it's being embraced by more investors. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Like many workers and consumers, investors are increasingly aligning their choices with their values. This week's guest on the Banking Strategies podcast is Ron Homer, longtime investment manager and president of Access Capital Strategies at RBC Global Asset Management. He's with us to talk about impact investing, what it means, and how its appeal is growing. Ron, thanks for making the time. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Ron, you've been at this for a while. You've been in banking for quite a while. Kind of makes you a pioneer in the impact investing space. How do you define impact investing and what are the kinds of impacts that this kind of investing can have? Impact investing involves making investments that provide a financial return alongside a specific measurable social benefit. At RBC, we use the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals as a framework to define social benefits and impact. And these can include reducing inequalities, creating sustainable cities and communities, access to health care, quality education, clean energy, water, sanitation, and climate action. So there's a wide variety of specific social benefits in which you can design investment strategies to address. Where did the idea for impact investing come from? And where were you and what was your part as this idea was being shaped? Maybe not at the exact beginning, but in the early years. I think impact investments have been around for a long period of time. And basically, investors have invested around particular themes based on their interest or their desire to both make a financial return as well as uh, improve society. I actually got involved in the banking industry in 1971 because of my interest in the specific impact of reducing racial economic inequalities and developing sustainable cities and communities. So subsequently, I've built my entire career around gaining the experience, expertise, knowledge, resources, and influence to achieve these impacts. I think what has happened over the last decade or so is a variety of these thematic type of investment interests have been lumped together to define what's now called impact investing. When investors come to RBC and they say they want to invest in a socially impactful way, what do you think they are typically thinking in terms of what they want to do? What's underlying their motivation and what are their expectations, both societally and in terms of the return that they expect to earn? Most of the investors who approach us are looking to align their investments with uh, an important part of their mission or to address issues that are important to their stakeholders. 
So that could be a foundation who is interested in a specific community and wanting to reduce the inequities that exist in that community or to provide decent, affordable housing, improve health care, education. It could be a public pension fund that wants to provide a better living conditions for its retirees and its employees through access to home ownership or housing. Or it could be a corporation who is interested in taking some of its money and cash and investing in ways that will help uh, the community in which it clients and workers uh, live and operate. So there are a variety. Usually the investors have already predetermined what type of impact they're seeking to achieve, and then we will work with them to design an investment strategy that aligns with those impacts. And what about on the return side? What are they, are they expecting a market return? It's our belief that to have real impact. Investments have to be scalable and sustainable. So yes, I think the sweet spot for impact investing in general is when the social benefit that you're attempting to achieve also helps to create excess financial returns. And we believe that there are strategies available that do both and create alpha for both. Ron, what are the, some of the key issues in underserved communities that impact investing can help address? And as part of your answer, maybe you can tell me why investing in publicly traded securities is an effective way to make a social difference. Underserved communities, um, much like all communities, need investments to assure access to quality housing and shelter including home ownership, which provides a state and an ownership interest in the community. They're looking for access to health care, education, and to clean energy and clean water, all of which are essentials for a longer-term sustainability and growth. So the public debt market actually provides a lot of tools to finance type of programs that provide access to both housing as well as providing the infrastructure for communities. One thing about debt, it's very project-specific, so it's easily linked and identified to the specific measurable social benefit. You mentioned earlier some of the clients that come to you for impact investing, pension funds, foundations, corporations. Have you seen a broadening in the client base lately, given that there has been a big increase in social consciousness? and in facing societal inequities in recent years? Yes, definitely. We started in the 1990s with a product designed to help banks invest in underserved areas as part of their Community Reinvestment Act goals. And shortly thereafter, based on the performance of the strategy, both in terms of returns and impacts, we were able to attract public funds. So we had our first public fund investment in 2004 with follow-ons in 2006 and 2007. And shortly thereafter, community foundations began to use us based on both the track record performance and the recognition of impact. More recently, corporations, in response to both the social unrest created as a result of policing incidents 
and the disparate impact of COVID-19 have become more sensitive to the areas in which they operate. And so we've seen a really large inflow of money from corporations using their balance sheets to finance these type of investments. And along the lines of that, the social inequities, the policing incidents, and inequality overall, there's been a lot of attention lately to ESG, investors considering environmental, social, and corporate governance in choosing how they invest. Should we think about impact investing as being sort of a a subset of ESG? Well, I wouldn't call it a subset. I would call it maybe if you think of responsible investing as the parent, ESG would be a sibling alongside impact investing. And the difference being that ESG takes into account how a company operates, whereas impact investing focuses precisely on what a company produces or the services that a company provides. They're closely related, but distinctly different. RBC has two mutual funds dedicated to impact investing, the Access Capital Community Investment Fund and the RBC Impact Bond Fund. So together, they have about three quarters of a billion in assets, the vast majority being in the Access Capital Fund, which has been around since the late 90s, like you mentioned earlier. The investments in this larger fund, in the Access Capital Fund, are overwhelmingly focused on housing. Is that by design? And if it is by design, why so much focus on housing? It is by design. One, my own experience, as well as I think research, including studies by the Federal Reserve, show that home ownership is a key marker for the health and welfare of the community. The higher rates of home ownership signal uh, better access to education, health care, jobs, uh, a wide variety of, of uh, essential uh, needs. So we think home ownership and raising the level of home ownership is key for areas where home ownership is below the national average, and that is in particularly in low and moderate income minority communities. We also know that home ownership is one of the key ways in which in the U.S. families are able to build wealth that's needed to support maybe business formation, access to college education, healthcare, et cetera. And um, the home ownership rates when you compare black and Latinos to uh, white families is substantially below. It's not surprising that when you compare the average net worth of white families nationally to black families, it's almost 12 times as much. And in some cities like Boston, the average net worth of a white family is 250,000. The average net worth of a black family is 8,000. So the higher the average net worth of white families, almost the, the wider the disparity. Ron, your impact investing at RBC is on the fixed income side, on the bond side. But what about the equity side? What kind of opportunities are there impact investing-wise in equity or, say, through direct investment, kind of a, you know, a private equity approach? There are opportunities around direct investments in private equity, and impact investing has been, in some ways, been around a long time within those spaces. So you have private equity funds that focus on renewable energy or on healthcare outcomes, clean water. So there are a lot of opportunities in private equity. In the public 
security market, the public equity market, it's a little bit more difficult to find companies whose principal focus is in one benefit. And as companies become public and grow, their missions become broader. And, and their primary duty at that point is to provide the highest return they can for their stakeholders, which means that they get into businesses that may or may not align with specific social outcomes. We've spoken a bit about the growing interest in impact investing. It's been around for quite a while, a number of decades. But in a way, because of the current conditions, it also feels kind of new. It feels like it's just getting going. So how much more impactful do you think this style of investing could be if banks and others with wealth management capabilities marketed it more extensively, maybe pushed harder on it among investors? Well, I think the growth of the industry is dependent on two things. One, a recognition on the part of investors and society in general that there are issues that can and need to be addressed through increased investments. And then the corollary to that is for investment managers to produce and market strategies that can address those issues as well as provide the financial return that warrants increased activity. The future is really in the hands of both society in general and what it values and the ability of managers to help design products that meet those needs and provide good returns. Given how important social responsibility is to the younger generations, the, the millennials and Gen Z specifically, it feels safe to say that the growth trend for impact investing will probably be with us for a while yet. As you think about the longer term future of impact investing, Ron, the longer term impacts, the longer term reach, what do you see taking shape? I've been around long enough to see ebbs and flows and ups and downs, but I am encouraged both with increased technology improved communication, and uh, growing recognition that the sustainability of uh, planet and people are dependent upon some of our actions today. And so I think as young people grow, hopefully they'll carry the values that will influence their consumption and behavior and interest in a way that will facilitate the need and the success of impact investment strategies. You're right about the positive momentum, especially with the younger generations. And as we often see in investing, momentum as a factor can persist for quite a while. So hopefully you're right about that too. Ron Homer, head of Access Capital Strategies at RBC Global Asset Management. We appreciate you being on the Banking Strategies podcast to share your perspectives on investing to make a societal impact. Thank you for having me. A few takeaways from RBC's Ron Homer on impact investing. First, while impact investing has gained stature in recent years, the idea of investors targeting their capital toward investments that seek societal improvements like cleaner energy, better healthcare access, and more affordable housing is not new. Underserved communities are especially in need of this type of investment. Ron Homer says public debt markets are a good vehicle for impact because they tend to be project-specific and thus are measurable. Also, he says more investors are getting involved in impact investing, which he attributes at least in part to rising social consciousness as issues surrounding inequality take on a higher profile. The pandemic also looks to be a contributing force for corporations in particular to direct their investments. 
They've become more sensitive to prevailing conditions, so they're using their balance sheets to finance impact investments. And finally, Ron says impact investing could be even more impactful if banks and other wealth managers make the right case, both through educating the investing public on the possibilities and then by delivering the kind of returns needed to generate buy-in. He says there's a greater recognition of sustainability as an imperative, especially among younger Americans who are more likely to align their values and their investment decisions. Thanks for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies Podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us next week for another conversation on a topic of importance to the financial services industry.